welcome to the Practical Tax Talk podcast. I'm your host, Lovie Edwards, and today we're going to talk about tax-related identity theft. I am so glad you're here. Let's jump right in. A conversation about identity theft must begin with a definition of the term personal identifiable information, or PII. Basically, PII is information that can be used alone or with other personal data to identify a person. There are different types of PII, sensitive and non-sensitive. Sensitive PII includes, but is not limited to, social security numbers, driver's license numbers, passport numbers, financial or medical records, or biometrics. This type of PII contain direct identifiers that identify you uniquely and should be safeguarded to prevent this type of data from falling into the hands of identity thieves. Non-sensitive information, such as your zip code, date of birth, addresses, employment-related information can be found in public records or accessed from social media accounts, directories, and other public sources. This type of PII contain indirect identifiers that when combined with other relevant data, identify you successfully. Think of indirect identifiers as puzzle pieces. Each indirect PII or puzzle piece can't determine a person's identity alone. Your name can't identify you uniquely because most first and last name combinations are shared by many people. Oh, well, that's unless your name is Lovey, but that topic is for another discussion. Date of birth alone can't identify you uniquely either. However, date of birth combined with other identifiers can be used to recognize and distinguish you from another person. And that is the goal of identity thieves. Your PII is worth safeguarding. PII is valuable to identity thieves who use it for their financial gain, leaving your credit and reputation damaged or destroyed, as well as a complicated challenge to restore your identity. PII connects you to aspects of everyday living and going about this life. Your driver's license and DMV and driving are all connected. Credit scores, which are built on PII, are needed to open a simple utility account, cell phone accounts, or to take out a loan or mortgage. And PII is also needed to file your tax return. Here's the PTT, practical tax talk that is, about PII. Many of us ignore the sensitivity of unique or direct identifiers and fail to safeguard this information. Is your social security card in your wallet? Well, if so, the information on your social security card and your driver's license give identity thieves the information needed to file a fraudulent tax return in your name. Some other things to think about are the privacy settings on your social media accounts. Are they set to lock down PII information? Are you careful about the information shared on social media? For example, answers to security questions such as your favorite pet may be hiding in plain sight in your social media account. Another area worth noting is the Internet of Things, or IoT, which includes hardware devices that collect and exchange data over the Internet. These devices include smart TVs, 
smart bulbs, smart baby monitors, and the like. Now, joining our conversation is Chukadum, co-founder and chief strategic officer at Simius Technologies Incorporated. Simius offers cybersecurity for smart devices in your home with the emphasis on providing consumers like you their own personal cybersecurity. Welcome, Chickadoom. Please tell us more about these smart devices. I say it's a pleasure to be on your show, Lovey. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the introduction. We look at the world today. The world has changed. We got smart homes. We got smart cars. We got smart everything. Our entire lives are now automated. Businesses that are offline have to digitize. Then you have COVID pandemic that came and also accelerated that process. Now everybody's working remotely, right? Let's look at 10 years from now. In the next 10 years, it's only going to even get more automated because everybody wants to cut resource time in terms of physical labor and put certain parts on a digital system. Even our banking, you have things like cryptocurrency. So... We as individuals in today's society, we're going to reach a world tomorrow whereby the internet has to become a necessity like food, clothing, and shelter. Back in the ancient days, you didn't see people having like gated communities or doors locked in their homes. But when people started breaking in, then you see you locked your door. Now today, because people are not aware about how easy it is for data or information to be leaked, individuals have to know how to lock their own cybersecurity, not just physical security. And that is why it's very critical and very prominent because we've become dependent on this technology in this era and it's not going to stop. It's only going to keep advancing. So look at this. I'm a millennial, right? Now look at the Generation Z or the ones before. The entire lives of social media, they really don't know something outside of that because that's how they grew up. And so they're digitized in that era. So how are they going to protect themselves? They, you now look at today with smart homes and smart devices. These IoT devices are very porous and very easy to hack. Actually, I was reading up something today about this Kaylee network protocol that was saying about the vulnerabilities in IoT devices when they hack against the UID number, which is the way the manufacturers register these smart devices. And they're able to get them through brute force or through redirecting the UID um, number from the servers because of the way the UIDs are, are created they're very easy to break into, into so now you have this kind of situation with about 83 million devices then you also have the world of today whereby we have over 25 billion IoT devices these are devices connected to the internet which is more than the human population now you have that and you have these devices when they get breached you don't even know that they've been breached because they don't have a screen. Also, another critical component that people forget, they think a hacker is always going to steal money, but guess what? Your data is money. Right. Someone could be live recording you and be streaming that stuff, and you have participant paying to watch that. Because data in today's world is money. So there's so many facets of the situation that everybody has to just be aware because you don't know what you don't know. So if you don't know that you don't know this, how do you solve the problem? So that's where Simius comes in. We founded Simius to help out the end user or the regular user to protect them. You also got to understand uh, most cybersecurity protocols today, they are presented in a way that is kind of complex. 
So at Simeus, we present that information in a simple way whereby the end user can understand. We make the process streamlined for an end user to scan their network and check for vulnerabilities. But it's just not enough just to do those scans. You also have to be proactive. Like yourself, you have to become cybersecurity conscious. I'm going to give some cyber hygiene tips, right, for the end user that you can do. Just have the mindset that I've been hacked. Now think about it. If you've already been hacked, right, and they get your data, what can render that data useless? So number one, change your passwords. Always change your passwords. Use your password manager. Number two, also have two-factor authentication, which means for someone to access your information, they need another factor to authenticate it. Maybe it could be linked to your uh, cell phone text, so they have to text the code or your email. Number three, also think proactively in terms of you being hacked. So lock your debit cards, lock your bank cards. You can lock them. If you're not using it, why is it unlocked? So just log in and lock it, right? Same thing with your uh, PID, like your social. You can also lock those things, freeze it. Why is your credit being run if you're not using it for anything at that point in time? So these are some fundamental textbook tips that you can do. And number five, I mean, you can also always scan your network using Simeus to know if there are any vulnerabilities and how to fix them. So that way you can just be one step ahead. You have to also think like three or four or five steps ahead. You don't have to know all the deep um, technical stuff. No, you just have to assume I've been hacked. You know, what would you do? You know, a lot of times we wait till after when something happens and then we start doing damage control. Why don't you do damage control before damage even happens? So just be more cybersecurity conscious. And I think that that is the key, becoming cybersecurity conscious. If you go on simias.ai, we're there. And then we have, we've done videos on YouTube. We have a lot of blogs written by chief technical officer and also the CEO. We've written educational content that users can um, actually use to educate themselves. And you can also subscribe on the email list to get access to more content and unique content for people. That way, you know, you can also learn a lot more. You've given us a lot to think about, but also you've given us some good tips on how we can proactively protect and safeguard our PII. Well, thank you for sharing that information with us and as well as your expertise. And to everyone listening, I invite you to check out simius.ai for more information. And you'll find links to the website and other information in the notes for this show. Thank you. Identity theft occurs when someone uses another person's PII without permission to commit fraud or a crime. Tax-related identity theft occurs when someone uses a stolen social security number to file a fraudulent tax return claiming a refund or a credit. You don't need good credit to file a tax return. All you need is PII. Oftentimes, you become aware of tax-related identity theft when your tax return is rejected for e-filing because the social security number on your return was already used by someone else on a tax return filed that year. Now, of course, this assumes that you did not transpose or have any typos in the social security number that you put on your return. Other warning signs of tax-related identity theft occur when the IRS notifies you by letter 
that they've received a suspicious tax return with your name and social security number, or they notify you about a balance due, a refund offset, or a collection notice for a tax return that you did not file. What should you do if you suspect or you are a victim of tax-related identity theft? What do you do related to the IRS if you're a victim of identity theft? If you suspect that you're a victim of tax-related identity theft because your e-file return was rejected as a duplicate filing of the social security number, or if the IRS has informed you that you may be a victim of tax-related identity theft, or if your social security number has been compromised in, let's say, a data breach, then you'll need to complete IRS Form 14039 Identity Theft Affidavit and handle it as follows. If you're attempting to file a tax return and receive a rejection notice because of a duplicate filing under your Social Security number, then you'll need to file a paper tax return. You'll also need to complete Form 14039, which is the Identity Theft Affidavit, and attach it to the back of your completed paper tax return and mail it to the IRS location based upon the state where you reside. The IRS location can be found on the IRS website, irs.gov, and in the instructions that accompany the paper tax return that you're attempting to file. If your social security number has been compromised or the IRS has informed you that you may be the victim of tax-related identity theft, then you'll complete Form 14039, fill out the appropriate areas, and submit the form by mail or fax using the instructions on the form. You'll receive a letter from the IRS acknowledging receipt of Form 14039 once they process it. They'll also open up a case and assign it to the Identity Theft Victim Assistance Organization, which is within the IRS. That organization will take steps to assess the scope of identity theft issues related to your taxes, both from the past and any present returns. They'll also remove any fraudulent returns from your tax records. They'll also mark your tax account with an identity theft indicator to protect it from any future abuse. We just discussed the steps you can take if you suspect or are a victim of tax-related identity theft. Is there something that you can do to proactively safeguard your social security number with the IRS? Yes, there is. You can proactively safeguard your social security number with the IRS by requesting an identity protection pin. The identity protection pin, IP pin, is issued by the IRS. It offers additional protection for your social security number on your tax return. The IP pen is a six digit number assigned to individual taxpayers to help prevent the misuse of their social security number on fraudulent federal income tax returns. The IP pen is only used on federal tax forms 1040, 
1040SR, 1040NR, and 1040PR slash SS. As mentioned, the IP pin is assigned to individuals. If you file your tax return jointly with your spouse and you are the only one with an IP pin, then your IP pin must be entered on the tax return where it connects with your information. Your spouse's details will not require an IP pin in this case. The joint return can't be filed if your IP pin is missing. The IP pin serves as a form of authentication to validate the correct owner of the social security number listed on the tax return. Only validated tax returns are accepted for e-filing or paper filing. If an IP pin is entered incorrectly on a return to be e-filed, it will be rejected until the correct IP pin is entered. Processing of paper filed returns for IP pens entered incorrectly or omitted will be delayed until the IRS validates the information. An IP pen is valid for one calendar year and must be used on all returns filed during the calendar year for which it is issued. The IRS will send the taxpayer a new IP pen by postal mail annually between mid-December through early January to use on tax returns to be filed in the upcoming tax season. Confirmed victims of tax-related identity theft will receive an IP pen by mail once their case is resolved. Well, what happens if you forget or lose your IP pen? With the proper credentials, Taxpayers can retrieve the IP pin online using the Get an IP pin online tool. If a taxpayer lacks the proper credentials to retrieve the IP pin, then they must call the IRS to pass an identity verification, and the IRS will mail the IP pin to the taxpayer's address or records within 21 days. Effective January 2021, all taxpayers can voluntarily opt in to the IP PIN program by using the Get an IP PIN tool at irs.gov. You will be required to verify your identity. Now, previously, the IP PIN program was primarily available to taxpayers who were confirmed victims of identity theft. This goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway, your IP pen should be kept in a safe place and not shared with other persons. Here's an important note about voluntarily opting in to the IP pen program. A taxpayer cannot opt out once receiving an IP pen. Once you're in, you're in. And the IP pen received each year must be used to confirm the taxpayer's identity on all federal tax returns filed in the current and in all future years. Today, we talked about personal identifiable information, PII, and the importance to safeguard it from identity thieves. We discussed the warning signs of tax-related identity theft, the steps to take if you suspect or are a victim of it, and the IRS's identity protection pen. Remember, the IRS will never 
initiate contact with you by email, text, or social media to request personal or financial information. They will never call you with threats of lawsuits or arrests, and they will never call, email, or text to request your IP pen. Thank you for listening to Practical Tax Talk. Each episode will feature a tax topic with or without an interview, as well as actionable tips and strategies that you can implement to take control of and manage your tax situation. Practical Tax Talk is produced and hosted by me, Lovey Edwards. Remember to live life with intention and purpose.